is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi everyone! So please welcome Jeff Perry with me here to get unstuck radio. Um, Jeff Perry shows individual and companies how to tap into their true self to feel their happiest and fulfilled all by playing. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today, Jeff. Oh, I'm super excited to get unstuck. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, after seeing your bio here, I'm like, okay. So, what do you define the true self of individual? What What do I define as the true self of an individual? Yeah. Like what What makes up uh, an individual? Like how do they what how, how can I mean, they know that this is their true self right now? Like I'm at the oh oh it's oh yeah oh that's simple. Um, when you are your true self, you are not thinking about the past. You are not thinking about the future. You are not worrying. You are simply in the moment. You are simply present. You are in flow, and you're basically playing. Because if you think of your favorite moments in your life, they're play moments. So whenever you're playing, that is when you're your true self. Mm-hmm. That's why. And how when we play along with feeling happy. I'm not sure why I'm playing something I feel joyful or I feel enjoying. I will feel happy at the same time or not. Why this? Combined. Why, why are you happy when you play? Um, because you get... Um, a surge of oxytocin, uh, serotonin, endorphins. Um, I forgot what the D is, but basically it's a dose. You get all of these like great feelings. Um, but part of the reason I think why you feel that way is because you're not trying to be somebody else, right? Like if you think of when you're in play, you're never stuck. You never feel stuck. But usually when we feel stuck, why do we feel stuck? We feel stuck because we're comparing ourselves to somebody else. We feel stuck because we're not where we're supposed to be, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of shoulds that we put on ourselves. Like, you should, I should be this. I should be here. You know, I should have accomplished all these things by 2020. You know, like you keep shoulding and what adults do that is really like, you know, what causes them so much suffering is they get so fixated on results you know, and expectations are the thief of joy. And when you get so fixated on results and you don't achieve those particular results, then you think you're not good enough. And when you're in play, you feel you're enough. Mm. Okay, 
stop there. Let's get back into how you tap into your entrepreneurial journey. Sure. So I'll give you the brief background. So I saw the movie Big when I was a kid with Tom Hanks. Do you know that movie? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like an, it's an awesome movie. But, but it's all about, um, you know, like he, he plays and he got a job working for a toy company, basically paying, playing with toys for a living. So I saw that in third grade. And then I started writing companies in third grade, asking to be you know, a toy designer. So I'm 10 years old writing letters to toy companies. And I just kept writing them. And I wrote them for the next 12 years until finally I worked for a toy company. I finally got my, I got into my dream industry. You know, it was everything I thought it was gonna supposed to be, right? I was gonna be so excited. And when I arrived, I don't know if you've ever gotten whatever, whatever you've wanted in life and then been so disappointed when you get it, <laughs> but, but there was no play, no fun, no, um, no adults high-fiving, no kids, no toys. Like we might as well have been selling microwaves or socks. You know, so I'm in New York and I'm like, this is just a waste. So disappointing. I leave New York. I move to the San Francisco Bay Area. I bump into an organization that's teaching kids engineering with Lego. So they're basically playing with playing for a living. Um, and I and there was like seven of them and I helped them grow their organization into like the largest Lego inspired STEM organization like in the U.S., and the way we did it was just by playing. Like we just made it up as we went along. We had no idea what we were doing. We picked cities because we thought they were fun. We picked people because we thought they were fun. We had no business plan. We, you know, we just made it up. We failed miserably and we would just keep experimenting. Um, but because we got so large, Silicon Valley started to pay attention to us like Facebook, Google, Adobe, all those places. And they asked us, do you do team building events and, you know, and other special events? And we were like, of course we do, even though we did it, you know, we just said yes to everything. So um, I started doing all these team building events with all these tech companies, the top tech companies in the world. Right. And they claimed that they were innovative and disruptive and agile and all these things. And they weren't because they had not created a space for their staff to play, for their staff to take risks, for the, you know, and the reason why they hadn't done that was because they hadn't addressed bigger issues, like issues like dealing with toxicity at work, how to not be racist at work by accident, um, how to deal with office politics, how to have hard conversations, how to get your staff in flow, how to, you know, uh, address your inner critic, like all these issues that they never touched because they were like, oh, I don't want to touch those. So I created Rediscover Your Play, my organization, combining positive psychology and play to tackle these big issues. Wow, that sounds fun already, actually, to listen. But how do you come up with these ideas of like the team building or what do you call it again? Um, rediscover Your Play again. Like become a formula or method or something like that or yeah it's, it's not a formula it's more of like it's a lot of a, it's a bunch of experiments mm -hmm. like i'll give you a perfect example right you know my friend gary ware and i created this workshop called dealing with a-holes at work through play 
That's what it was called. Like, you know, it was, it was about dealing with toxic people at work, you know, and, 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 you know, we thought it was, it was an issue, but we didn't realize how big of an issue. And we came up with the name of that workshop while eating burritos in San Diego, like breakfast burritos. We were just joking around, but then we were like, Hey, why don't we run it at some conference? So we ran it at some small conference and people liked it. And we were like, that was super fun. Now, why don't we apply to like real conferences and see if anyone will say yes. But at no time did we actually think anyone would say yes to a title that has a-holes in the middle of it. Like, it's just like, no one's going to say yes. Well, we were wrong. And some of the top conferences like in the world, like Inbound, largest marketing conference, South by Southwest, one of the largest conferences in the world, you know, Australia's Pause Fest said yes. Like all these conferences started yes saying yes and all these businesses started saying yes to us and we were like oh my gosh now we have to actually create this workshop and make it really good so then we honed it through a lot of trial and error we uh uh what is it we did it at this world uh virtual workshop called the hr virtual summit and then we got awards and we were like considered like top 100 hr influencers of 2020 and we were like what is happening but it was all because we were following our curiosity we didn't have any clue exactly what we were doing besides being like hey let's create a workshop where we can actually figure out how to address toxicity at work and there was a demand for it so now we work with businesses and they ask us to come in and address this issue you know, but this is all experimenting. This is not like a formula. It's more like just being open and being open to play. Mm, yeah, I I feel like that. Like I, I work in an international organization before and I feel that that part has been missing out. <laughs> Tronomously, like for real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And from your experience, I mean, how it's okay, different. What were you going to say? Sorry, from your experience, how it's different when you integrate the playfulness into ongoing daily basis? Yeah, I mean, when you, when you integrate play into the workplace, specifically for teams, a lot of teams have never seen, you know, each other play, right? Like team members have never seen each other play. And I, I forgot, it, it wasn't from Plato, even though he gets quoted, but it's just like, you learn more about a person in an hour of play than a year's worth of conversation. And it's true, like you see it because you see people's humanity when you're playing. And that is a huge, huge thing to have people connect. That's when they actually start to build trust, start to build empathy. If you think about kids, that is where they build so much of, you know, what will help them in the world. Like when they are allowed to free play, that's where they figure out problem solving, you know, um, being able to like, you know, deal with games and address issues together, how to build empathy, compassion, you know, connection, all these things happen when you play. Even animals do it too. They, they play as a way of practicing survival and practicing, you know, how to hunt. They play hunt, you know? So it's, it's, it's as important, play is as important as breathing right? And love and food. But a lot of times we put it by the wayside when we become adults. But I think that is the most dangerous thing because as Dr. Stuart Brown says, you know, the opposite of play is depression. And you see it because there's a lot of people in depression right now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but having a depression and feeling depressed are different. That, right. That is something. And case of, here is, here is my question. 
when you play too much that you procrastinate, is that increase your anxiety instead? Well, see, so there's different types, right? You know, so I define play as any joyful act where you're fully present in the moment, right? You know, where you're not, you don't, you, you don't have an anxiety about the future. You don't have regrets about the past. You are fully in the moment, fully in love with the promise, uh, the process. There is no purpose. There is no result. You are just fully there, right? Now, that's what I mean by play, when you are truly yourself. Now, when you're binge watching Netflix, you know, or scrolling through TikTok, you know, I don't know if I consider that play. When you make a TikTok, I make a lot of TikToks. When you make a TikTok, like that's play. But when you've been scrolling through TikTok for three hours and it's not giving you any joy, then that's just you just kind of like, you know, binge watching Netflix or wasting away. Like, I don't know if that is your play. That's not, that's not you really playing. That's you kind of just, you know, binge watching life. Makes sense. But when, but when you're truly in play, when you're truly in flow, you are, you are actually creating. You are actually making something that can have an impact on this world. So when you, when you say playing, it means like uh, um, activities together or playing sport or like some kind of movement together. Is that right? No. It, no. It, again, it's any joyful act where you forget about time. So that's different for every person, right? Like I had a client that was a lawyer that said, I don't play at all. And I go, well, what do you do, you know, in your job? And she goes, I take, I take people that hate each other and I figure out how they can agree on one thing. And I was like, tell me more. And then she was telling me she got really excited. And I was like, that's your play. So everyone's play is different. You know, like I think we, we have such a myopic view of what play is. It's like play is sports, play is, you know, um, painting or whatever it is, you know? And sometimes like I've seen people that, that play sports, but they're so fixated on the result they, that they're actually not able to enjoy it. So I don't even know when they're playing that sport if they're even truly in play. Uh, when I say you're in play, you're actually in flow. Um, and, and, and there is no resistance. Mm. So what about within a day, like, do they should integrate the, the joyful time by playing something along with the work, or it should be something that already integrated within the workflow throughout the day? I think, it, I think it's both, you know, I, I create a TikTok to start my day usually. Like I just made one, right? Why? It has no ROI. It has no productive value. It's not gonna bring any money to my business, but I think it's fun, you know? So I do it to start my day because it primes my day to see the day in a positive way, mm. you know, in a positive light. Um, and, you know, based off of positive psychology, like your brain is constantly looking for patterns. So when you say you have a said, talk about like getting unstuck, when you have a bad day, I challenge whether you have a bad day because what happened is you had a bad moment and then thoughts usually last between about nine seconds and 90 seconds. 
So you had a bad moment and then you ran that bad moment in your head over and over and over again. You just ruminated on that bad moment. And then you looked for other bad moments throughout the day and then you added them all up and then thus you had your bad day. On the flip side, you could ask yourself the question. Um, I love this question from my friend Desiree of like, how can it get any better than this, right? Like I, you know, like for example, I did this TikTok to begin my day. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Now I'm talking to you on the Get Unstuck Radio podcast. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Later on, I'm gonna brainstorm like some really cool ideas with my friend Lauren. Ooh, how can it get any better than this? Then I'm hopping on this call with you know one of my best friends late tonight, and we're you know gonna be like getting drinking and hanging out. How can it get any better than this? Like I'm stacking all of my positive moments and and being curious about what's possible. And when you ask that question, how can it get any better than this? You can actually change your day and potentially change your life. Yeah, that just sparked some ideas. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's a very, oh, thank you for sharing that. I would start asking myself that after I speak to you. How can I be, yeah. That's and you ask it from not a yearning, like I need this certain thing to happen. That's where we get, that's where we get stuck, right? It's like, I need this to happen. And, you know, if you think of like a bridezilla or a groomzilla, right? Like at their wedding, they're like, it needs to happen perfectly. You know, the wedding has to happen perfectly, but then you ignore all of the other possibilities that are out there. You ignore all of the loved ones that are surrounding you at your wedding because you're so fixated on it everything going right. And I challenge the idea of like, well, what's right? What does right mean, right? I don't actually think there's so much of a right and wrong as much as there's like, a, what's right for you? Like what, what, besides the moral rights, you know, morality following like, you know, what you think is the golden rule or whatever, um, you have to figure out what's right for you. You have to figure out what fits for you. And I think a lot of times the reason why we get stuck is we are constantly looking for others to tell us what is right. And that is our biggest problem. Yeah, seeking validation is very time consuming, energy consuming. And that's why I am not prefer to work in any organization because I couldn't handle that, like the hierarchy. Right, right. I mean, think about it. I always ask people this, like, who are you trying to impress? I always ask that question because you have to think like, okay, who am I trying to impress right now? Am I trying to impress someone that I won't care about in a few years? Then why am I trying to impress that person? You know, we did that stuff in high school. Why are we doing the same thing we did in high school now, right? You know, and then Viola Davis, an actress here in the US, would always ask the question, you know, you either claim who you are or you end up chasing your worth for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. How many people do you know chasing their worth? Like chasing external validation, chasing praise, chasing accomplishments. You know, I was just watching a documentary on, on a bunch of Olympians. So many Olympians right after the Olympics go through a massive amount of depression, huge amounts of depression. Why? Because their whole life has been set up to achieve this goal, right? And whether they achieve the goal or they don't, like Michael Phelps won like, I don't know, like 20 gold medals or more, so many gold medals. He, even him, even with all of his accomplishments, 
went right into depression afterwards because then it was, he was so fixated on a result. And then when he didn't have a result to pursue anymore, he had, he felt like he had no purpose. Right. And, and if you're able to figure out, like, I just want to impress me. I just want to figure out what, what brings me happiness, what brings me joy, what brings me fulfillment, what gets me into flow, then you don't get into that, that uh, spiral of negativity. Yeah, makes sense. Now, I'm listening and digesting what you say, so that's why I'm keep knocking my head. So, and uh, this is another thing. Um, I, I bet you already know about the flow state, um, the boredom state, like those yeah. uh, balance things. So I also one of the people who prefer to only work when I have the flow state of mind. So that oh, okay. could increase the most productivity and my performance on right. by that. But we are talking about joyfulness how you balance the productivities and the joyful in emotion. I think that's, that's quite challenge to- Wait, so are you asking like, how can play make you more productive? Yeah, seems like. Yeah, so here, let's talk. I mean, let's talk about that, right? So, you know, your brain, you know, has the prefrontal cortex. That's where your inner critic is, right? And your inner critic is main goal is to protect you from the dangers of the world, right? Just like in caveman times when it used to protect you from the tigers, you've heard that so many times, right? Um, what happens though, when, you're, when your brain goes from a beta state to a flow state is you go through something called hypnofrontinality where part of your prefrontal cortex actually shuts down mm -hmm. and your inner critic starts to dissipate. And then your implicit mind appears, you become highly more creative you start seeing many more options in front of you. You get a shot of dopamine. Oh, that was the D. You get a shot of dopamine, right? Um, and you become highly curious and you start to see all of these avenues in front of you. And if you think about it, when, if you think of any startup, the Facebooks, the Googles, the Amazons, when they first started, they're when they were not getting paid and they were working out of their garage, they were in flow state. They were pursuing things that they thought were just super interesting and fascinating to them. There's a story of the, the Wright brothers. I don't know if you've heard this, you know, the, the ones that invented the airplane, at least here in the US, you know, where they're two bike mechanics. That's, that's who they are. They were just messing around and being like, can we make a flying machine? So they were just like in, I forgot, it was in the Midwest and they were just, experimenting and a lot of their neighbors were just laughing at them being like oh you'll never get it to work but they just kept seeing them being persistent and then after a while their neighbors were like hey maybe i'll help you out and maybe you can do this and that so so the wright brothers are doing this with you know people from the community but none of them know what they're doing right then on the same time you had chrysler and i believe ford and a bunch of car companies as well as the top scientists in America that were paid to figure out how to make a flying machine at the exact same time that these two bike mechanics. So why did, were they not able to create it with all of their money, all their resources, all of their top scientists before these two bike guys were able to do it? Because the bike people 
the Wright brothers were just having fun. They were doing it out of their own like curiosity. It wasn't a pressure filled area where they had to make it happen and they were gonna get fired if that happened, right? They were just doing it because it was something that was passionate for them, you know? So, you know, um, uh, was it Steven Johnson says, the, your, the future is where people are having the most fun. Right. And if you look at the organizations that are having the most fun right now, that the companies that are thriving, the TikToks, the Hulus, the Netflixes, the Disney Pluses, all these ones, you know, happening in the U.S. It's because they're adaptable. They're having fun. They're being resilient. They're trying all these things out. And if you need one more example of like or two more examples of of how play can make you be more productive, Google does this 20% rule where they give their staff 20% of their time to pursue whatever they're curious about, as long as it helps Google, right? So they implemented this a long time ago. And through that, they were able to create Google Meet, where people like their virtual meeting platform, Gmail came out of this 20% rule. All these billion dollar ventures came from playing. So when people are like, well, you know, I don't have time to play. It's just like, you actually don't have time not to play if you're a business, especially now. Yeah. And how can people shift the mindset that, okay, they might think that what they are doing is already something they enjoy, but how can uh -huh. you be more playful with it and joyful with what they are doing on daily basis? Yeah. So... I suggest these two um, uh, exercises, which I think are really good and challenging. Um, and one I learned partly from my uh, play mentor, Gwen Gordon, who says, you're not able to play if you haven't soothed yourself, if you haven't calmed yourself down. And you actually adopt how you soothe yourself. You adopt your nervous system in some ways from the person that took care of you the most. So if that person didn't know how to calm themselves down, then you might also have that, right? So you first have to soothe yourself. So how do I do it? I go into the shower. Whenever I'm in the shower, I have all my ideas. So many ideas come from me when I'm in the shower because I'm calm. Other people have amazing ideas when they go walking. Other people have their amazing ideas when they're doing morning pages and writing three pages in a row. You know, there's, when do you have the most ideas, right? When do you, when are you most calm? So figure that out for yourself. That's the first step. The second step is to get bored as you mentioned earlier, right? And to actually get bored means shut off social media, stop binge watching Netflix. And I'm not talking about forever. I'm talking about one to two hours, like not even that much time. And if you're basically saying, well, I don't have time, look at your phone because your phone tracks how many hours you're on your phone. Average amount of time people are on their phone per day. I mean, we're talking between like three to eight hours. It's a lot of time that you're just kind of wasting scrolling. So you can get bored for a little bit. So shut off Netflix, stop binge watching just for a moment, for a couple hours and get really bored. And why do I say that? Is because think about it, when you were a kid, and you were bored, that's when you had your best ideas. You also had your most dangerous ideas, but you also had your best ideas. And then after you do that, then once you get quiet and bored, then you can start listening to that inner child, that inner curiosity, that inner whisper. And it's gonna say something that is both exciting and scary. 
It's going to whisper something to you. And it's a whisper, not so, not a loud thing, not like, you know, social media that's constantly bombarding you and telling you you're not enough. It's a quiet whisper. And it's going to whisper something like, start a podcast, you know, create a video, uh, reach email that person you've been wanting to, to email, you know, reach out to that person you've been like scared to reach out to, like do that thing that both excites you and scares you, right? Like, what is that for you right now? And then go do that, go try it out. It could be something as ridiculous as like, put on this costume and start dancing in your house. It could be something as weird as that, but that actually helps you to get into more of a flow state. You know, so that's one way in which you can infuse more play. The second way is a way in which you can have your friends help you. And this is, I recommend this for everybody. I do this with all my clients, but I ask them to reach out to three to five people. And you're going to ask them these two questions. What value do I bring to your life? Like, wh why are we friends? Like, what do I do for you? Right. Um, because a lot of times you don't know, you like forget, like, what do I do for you? What value do I bring to your life? And then second, I ask them, when have you seen me most alive? And another way to ask that is like, when have you seen me most playful, most creative, most engaged, most present? They all fall under the umbrella of when have you seen me most alive? And it ties in with the Howard Thurman quote of like, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs is for more people to come alive, right? So what value do I bring to your life? And when have you seen me most come most alive? And when you ask those two questions and get all that love and information back and you write that all down, oh man, there's so many ideas you have. And then you're like, oh, what am I gonna do with all these ideas? And then you can ask your friends, hey, let's do a tipsy storm. I call it a tipsy storm. It's when you hop on Zoom with a bunch of your friends and you get a little tipsy, maybe have alcohol, chocolate, ice cream, whatever you do, however you get, however you do your you boo-boo, right? And you brainstorm a bunch based off of all the ideas you, you had. You write them all down on a whiteboard um, and then you go to sleep. Then when you wake up in the morning, you look at your whiteboard and you circle the one that most resonates with you and you just go do that. And you see where that takes you. And those are two easy exercises that you can do. Actually, they're kind of hard because they're also reflective, but they're easy in the sense of like step by step. Yeah. I mean, anyone who listened to this, get started and comment below. Let me know how it's like. Yeah. Like if you are ever struggling or feeling stuck, try one of these and it will get you unstuck like that. Yeah, I can feel that already. Like, even I'm listening to you right now, I'm just like, oh, I have a lot of ideas. <laughs> You're like, oh, I have a bunch of things I want to do. See, like you already feel it. it. You feel the energy. It's like delicious, right? So you're like, oh, I just got to follow that, that feeling. And um, I don't know, I was at a winery once. Um, I don't know anything about wine. Uh, and I was talking to the, the winemaker or whatever. And I was like, you know, I don't know anything about wine. What sh you know, how do you know if wine's good or not? And he goes, well, if you, if you like it, you keep drinking. If you don't like it, you stop. And like, that's the exact same thing with this. You play until you don't like doing that thing anymore. And then you move on and you do something else. And then you do something else. It's very simple. 
It's not hard. Kids do it all the time. I don't know why we complicate it so much as adults. That's part of the reason why we feel so stuck is because we're always complicating things when they're really simple. I think one of that is because we care about how people think when we stop doing those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here, like, I mean, let's talk about that for a second, right? Like earlier I said, who are you trying to impress? You know, but you know, I know a lot of successful people. I know a lot of rich people. I know a lot of famous people. Not that happy. Just not that happy. If anything, I feel like a lot of them suffer from something what I refer to as affluent deadness. Like you can see the deadness in their eyes, even though they have all of the money in the world, even though they can travel and buy anything they want and do anything they want, but there is deadness in their eyes. And why is there it? Because either they're worried about losing all of their money or they're concerned that maybe they have a net worth of $5 million, but someone has a net worth of $10 million, or they just seem sad and disappointed because they thought when they got to this echelon, when they got to the top, they would be happy. This would be when they would feel all joy and happiness. And they're not. It's empty up there. So, and then, the, and then the, the biggest thing they do that's such a problem is then they post on Instagram how happy and amazing their life is. Like, look at me on a private jet. Look at me doing this and that and this. And then I talk to them and they're miserable. So they're selling the lie that they are full of joy when they're not. And then there's all these people that see the lie and believe it and think, I just need to get up there. I just need to make enough money and then I'll be happy. But you're, it's never enough. It's just never enough. So what we could instead be doing is figuring out what brings me joy now? What brings me fulfillment now? What puts me in flow right now? And if you can figure that out, then you've figured out more than most people ever have. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I want to ask you a secret. You keep yourself this positive. I can feel that energy like all the way to here. And it's made me feel very enjoying interview you, even just listening to you talking. How can you keep yourself this positive? Well, I mean, I'm not positive all the time. Like, you know, I do, I do positive psychology, right? I study positive psychology and the, that's the study of, well, here, let me give a little background. Psychology, all the way up until the 1980s, just studied what was wrong with people. That's all it did. <laughs> here are all the reasons, that, here are all the ways people, what's wrong with people, and here's how you fix it. Positive psychology actually focuses on what's right with people. Like, what are people doing right? And let's double down on that. But also what positive psychology does um, is they, they teach you how to embrace multiple emotions at the same time. You know, I can feel sadness and joy. I can feel anger and happiness. Like, you know, you know, you can feel a lot of different emotions. Like my dad passed away in 2015 and his brothers came and his brothers had not seen each other in like 30 years. They hadn't seen each other since their mom died. So now I'm surrounded by all my extended family. There's always this love in the room and I'm feeling joy and gratitude. But then I feel guilty because I'm like, I'm at my dad's funeral. Shouldn't I feel grief and sadness? But I was like, wait a minute, I can feel joy and gratitude and grief and sadness and frustration and all these emotions at the same time, as long as I just allow myself to fully feel the feeling and then let it go. 
And I think with a lot of adults, we try to block out those feelings, right? We'll binge watch Netflix to like numb ourselves. We'll, we'll look at social media to numb ourselves so that we don't have to feel. Instead of just allowing that feeling to fully flow through you, like sadness and anger, and then you're able to actually let it go. And when you're able to do that, you, you know, you're just, um, you're just more free. Wow. This is mind blowing. Like for real, I struggling about feeling guilty for the whole year. Cause like many of my social circle passed away during the past year as well. It's not easy to, to let it go. So yeah, you just spot on. Seems like you can read my mind or something like, wow. Right. And, and, and the thing is, is, is like, Yes, you should, you should allow yourself to mourn. I mean, let's even talk about 2020, right? You know, a lot of people had visions of what they wanted to do in 2020. And there were these grandiose visions. I'm going to double my business. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to get married. I'm going to do all these things. Why? Because it's 2020. Because the, the number 2020, they got fixated on it. And then, and then COVID hit and you couldn't do any of those things. But the people that were able to adapt and actually thrive in 2020 were people that were willing to mourn what was not going to happen anymore and then let it go. And I, we even do that in our workshop, Lauren Yee and I, you know, our future is where your fun is workshop, where we have people write down what it is that they couldn't do in 2020, mourn it, like look at it, get really sad about it, and then fold it up into a paper airplane and then let it go. And not let it go forever, but just let it go for now. Because you can't, even now, what do we have, 22 days left? You can't create anything with the last days of 2020 until you let go of your expectations of what it should have been. Mm, yeah. This is something that people keep saying that detached to the outcome, detached to the outcome. Well, when you're in flow, you actually don't care about the outcome, right? You know, um, there, there's a, uh, there was an interview done where uh, numerous ones with people that were, that were dying, that were on their deathbed. And, and they asked them, what are their biggest regrets? And one of their biggest regrets was, was working too much. That was a huge regret. But another regret was, you know, I didn't have the courage to live the life that I wanted to live, mm -hmm. but but live the life that others expected of me, right? And, you know, those are people on their deathbed warning us to be like, yo, f ignore what everyone else has to say. They, they're not in charge of your life, right? It's your choice. You have a choice every single day with every single decision. Are you going to claim who you are or are you going to chase your worth? Like each decision, we make that choice. And trust me, I make those, that choice of sometimes chasing my worth or sometimes trying to impress others, you know. But as long as you are claiming, your, claiming who you are more than you're chasing your worth, the more you can get closer to figuring out who you are and like what makes you tick in this world. And that's why I recommend like strengthening the muscle of actually listening to your own intuition, inner child, inner curiosity, because the more you work on that, that the more joyful, the more fulfilled you'll be. Yeah, that's amazing. So in case anyone want to follow your work, how can they find you then? 
Sure. If you, if you want to see my TikToks or any other ridiculousness, my handle's Jeff Harry Plays, J-E-F-F-H-A-R-R-Y-P-L-A-Y-S. And you can find me on all social medias on that. Or you can come to my website, rediscoveryourplay.com. And when you arrive to the website, click on the Let's Play button and let's have a conversation on how you can get unstuck and start kicking ass in this world. Yeah, that's fantastic. That sounds amazing. I um, appreciate you that contribute doing this. And yeah, anything I can, that I can support you along the way, just let me know. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.